Hey ladies, are you longing for a refreshing? Do you feel drained and lost in your role as a woman, wife, and mother? This is the Dream on Moms podcast, and we're here to help you thrive and raise the next generation of world changers. We're here to encourage you that the Lord has more for you, and he wants you to be victorious as a mother. Remember, you're not alone on an island as a mother. Surround yourself with mentors and those in your beautiful stage of motherhood. Breathe and listen to Jesus. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today on the Do Moms podcast. I'm Hannah, and my special guest today talking about the process of looking back is my mother, Lori. She's joining us again today, and I'm excited. She's the successful mother of raising four children who graduated high school, went on to either graduate college or become entrepreneurs or work in their our family business. And, you know, my mother, she homeschooled us pretty much for, for some of us for our entire um, school career. And for some of us, you know, we went to high school at some point in those high school years. But she was also a full-time wife. My father runs, operates, and owns a family business, and they are transitioning that family business into the third generation now with some of my siblings. And so, you know, they were holding a lot together in those formative years of schooling for myself and my siblings, but they did it successfully in that they are still married. We are still a family. Um, We are able to still go on family vacations, get together as a family for different events or just random times during the week. And those are some markers that we feel are markers of success, of moving forward as a family, and hopefully growing in the Lord. So Lori is going to talk today about looking back, what did she feel was successful, was prudent, efficient in homeschooling, being a mom, a wife, and a woman, and what are some things maybe that she would have changed if she had to do it over again for the next 30 years moving into the future? What would she keep and what would she eliminate? So mom, take it away. Thank you, Hannah. Hannah really boosted me up when she said a successful person and up to maybe a month ago, I would not have deemed myself a successful mama. Isn't that strange? So about a month ago, I heard this scripture and most of you know it and I knew it, but it hit me and God put it, planted it as a seed right into my soul, right into my heart. And It blossomed, and I have not let it go. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I'll read the whole verse to you, but I'm going to really um, look at the very last part of it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in Christ Jesus or in the Lord. The very last part of that, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, is what hit me. Hmm. It stuck in me. And from that point on, remember it's only been a month ago, I repeated over and over, my labor has not been in vain. And it is my confession before the Lord because he planted the seed so I can use it now because it became very valuable. That seed became very valuable. That word is of value to me, where it wasn't as of, as of value before. So I can say that I have been a successful mama, a successful wife, and hopefully a successful friend. 
Looking back, what would I keep? I asked my husband, Bob, this question just uh, yesterday. And he thought for just a brief second, and he said, well, I would keep it all. And I thought that was a very good answer because I can't think of what I would take away. Yes, I can think of changes, but would I take anything away? No. So I would keep it all also. I would say that looking back, I would keep especially the time that we spent together. Not only my time with my children, but my time with, uh, as a family with my husband and the children. Doing things together, eating together, the time was well spent. Even the times where we did nothing but giggle and carry on and roll on the floor, the time was well spent. And I think as I look back, what also that I think was very, very beneficial and that I would keep and, and um, just encourage other mamas is keeping a schedule, a time schedule. It doesn't have to be every day, but five days a week, having a time schedule for your children, especially if you're homeschooling, I would say is very beneficial not only to you, but to them. It teaches them you have to be places on time, probably 90% of the day. You have to be that. And if you're not, you're going to be known as, oh, he's always late. Oh, she's always late. And what you do is you mess up other people's time schedules. It is not being respectful at all. You need to be respectful of other people's time because you would want them to be respectful of yours. Mom, I want to interrupt there for a second because this is such an interesting point. We were just discussing, if you know what the Enneagram personality uh, verbiage is, my mom is an Enneagram number nine. And one of those descriptors on her personality is that she could literally spend hours and not really know what she did for five hours. She was doing something, but she's not real sure what it is. And so I love that she brought, because by personality and makeup by the Lord, she is not a scheduled person, but she has chosen to weave that into her life in raising children. And also because she married a man who is extremely scheduled and is never late. And so it's always interesting how the Lord can sometimes bring balance or change to us when he knows in the future, your personality is going to need that shift for what he wants you to do. But that being said, my mom still loves a day where she has no time schedule. But then she'll tell me, I'm not real sure what I did for half of the day. And she'll giggle because she loves it because that's still in her personality. But she has chosen to make a stand when it's necessary, especially in raising children. And I can attest, we literally had a schedule for the five day, uh, four and a half days of the week, half of the day, Friday, the latter half of the day, there was no schedule. We really, it was just a fun day once school was done. Um, but those other four days of the week from the time we got up <laughs> until dinner, it was a complete time schedule to make sure that her house stayed in order. She had the things done that were needed for the house, for her marriage, and also in homeschooling kids. So mom, I just wanted to put that little plug in that you are attesting to something that really isn't something you like. That is correct. That was great. <laughs> That's like 100% correct. But God balanced me. 
And he balanced me not only for my children, but for the rest of the world, (laughs) for my neighbors, for doctors, for whatever I had to go to. He balanced me and I needed that balance. So no more excuses, girls. No more excuses. We can do this. Now, looking back, what would I change? I would have had my children start their own Bible reading, Bible studying, probably about middle school. And if it had to be late middle school, it had to be late middle school. Maybe the boys, you know, they're kind of, middle school's kind of goofy. So to really have them sit down and read the Bible may have been a little bit more difficult than having me teach that, teach it to them. But I think I should have allowed them to be more independent in that area. Read the Bible, read a chapter, stay in, in, um, uh, in order, stay in chronological order. So don't skip to John, Luke, and Matthew. Go back to Matthew and read just a verse at a time. No, read a whole chapter. Get through the whole book. After the chapter, jot down a few points. That way I know they read it, and at least they have that much memory now of what they jotted down. I should have let God start speaking to them instead of me speaking to them. So I I would have done that one. I would have changed that. I also would have spent more time one-on-one if I could have, and I think I probably could have put it in there somewhere, just one-on-one, and it could have only been five minutes, three minutes. Hey, come and sit with me for a few minutes. Let's talk. I really like your hair. What did you do? Oh, you didn't comb it today. Well, hmm. Well, it doesn't look bad, but let's comb it next time. Now tell me about what you did today. Well, they're going to say, well, you're with me all day, mom. Yeah, but what happened today that was kind of special? Made you laugh, made you giggle, or you just hate it. One-on-one. I think I would have gotten to know them a lot better. Another thing that I would have changed is how I perceived or looked at my children. Being with them 24-7 became maybe sometimes an eye roller. Oh my goodness, you're doing that again. Uh, I'm going to have to come after you. Or big heavy sigh. All right. Well, we're going to have to deal with this. And that can actually bring a child down really fast. Because what did they see themselves as? A hindrance, a problem. But what I should have looked at them every day, every day, and I should have made this confession over them also. You are God's promise. You are God's prize to me. You are a gold nugget. You are precious. The Lord has allowed you to be right here in my household and allowed you to, uh, and he allowed me to be your mother. And I would have every day put things in perspective. I probably should have did it at least three times a day because I needed perspective. I needed to know that I wasn't the only one in the world. I wasn't, um, and Elijah, the only one in the world that is raising four kids. And it's not what was me as grateful I am. I can't really think of anything else I would have changed. I would have been more disciplined myself, but I didn't do bad. 
because I go back to the seed that he planted in me, knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. In the Lord. Not in my sight, not in my husband's sight, not in my neighbor's, but in the Lord. That's what my labor was for. I also want to comment that my parents did a really good job of, I think, because we were family business owners in our local town, as well as we were a homeschool family, that they chose to take us away on vacations, typically once a year. And it was a big deal. We were so excited. And they usually took us to a beach. Um, so it was a long drive in our suburban, but they didn't choose to stay home. I know that for some families it really works that you, uh, you're you able to almost have like stay home vacations or maybe you do little day trips and et cetera. But I think in our circumstance, we had to leave because it would have been too easy for either of my parents to just go back into the mode of, of what their daily schedule was. And so I remember going away and almost invariably we would be gone for seven days, but we would like the vacation spot so much that they would extend the vacation and we would continue to stay there in that condo or whatever. But I remember those times really vividly. And for a long time in my life, we always went to Grand Haven, Michigan, and we stayed in a beach house on Lake Michigan. And my kids were just asking me, what was it like when you went on vacation? And it's an interesting thing when your kids get old enough to ask you those kinds of questions because you have to start thinking about what, like, what would I actually highlight in that vacation? You know, what are the, the fond memories are X, Y, Z, but why are they fond? Why in my makeup do I actually want to go back to Grand Haven every year? Like in my mind, it crosses my mind every year. I'm going to take my kids back there. Because I have such fond memories doesn't mean that that's necessarily where my family needs to go now. But just looking back on that, my parents really made it a point to go away. We went away as an entire group. It did not matter if some of us were in college, some of us were still young. We went away and we were gone for really a nice chunk of time. And granted, it takes, I would say, the average adult probably a good three or four days sometimes to really relax. But once you're in that, you know, you can create some really good memories. And another thing that my parents did a really good job of were family meals. My dad loves to have food. And so he never, he never skipped a meal. And, but he was also like, you know, we always knew dad would be home at five o'clock. We're going to eat dinner at 5.15. There was never a question of what that schedule was going to be like, even in the morning, which I think is probably a little atypical, especially now. But my dad would come home from work um, again, probably because he was the business owner. He was able to be a little bit fluid in that schedule, but he would come home from work and eat breakfast with us. Sometimes he'd even come home and eat lunch, rarely, but he was there. But those meals and we continued that schedule of meals, mom really into late high school and then it, it got tricky as we've talked about before with just teenage work and sport or extracurricular schedules but I know my mom was still having that meal with my younger siblings and my father and, and myself and my older siblings we were just gone but you know there was still something when we came home but one other thing I want to highlight is that my parents did a really good job of as late teenagers I can remember coming home in the late evening from some event that they weren't there with me and I would crawl on their bed and I would lay there at the foot of the bed and we would literally talk about the entire day event 
the whole schedule. And, you know, now that I think about it, all we did was talk about me. <laughs> we didn't talk about them. We didn't talk about my siblings. You know, and, and I know that they would have went through that schedule with at least a couple of my other siblings as well. And so they almost rotated us around even though we never realized it. Or we would all crawl on their, on their bed. And we would all just talk about what had happened. And even as college kids, when we would come back, I can still remember that was like the point where we would go. We would go climb on top of their bed and we would have a conversation. Um, The other thing we loved was, you know, as moms, especially stay-at-home moms, maybe homeschooling moms, you're in the kitchen a ton because all you're doing is fixing food. Well, I have fond memories of even when I was in graduate school, okay, getting an MBA, I would come home and sit up on the counter in the corner and both of my parents would come into the kitchen. My siblings, depending on who was home at that time, they would come in and we would sit there and we would talk for hours. Again, probably just about me. I mean, honestly, now that I think back about that, I don't know how my parents had that much time in the day. You know, even when I went to school out of state, I would call both of them separately each day to talk about what had happened in the day. Now you can say, Hannah, you were a little too attached. And that could be the truth. But they were also my biggest support and cheerleaders. And so up until the day that I finished school, graduate school, and moved on to my job and my new home, you know, I was continually calling them. And they always, I don't know how my mom, you can maybe attest to this, mom. I don't know how especially in those early years of my college, when you were still completely homeschooling, um, my dad was still in really the midst of growing the business at that point in time and a lot of hands-on time. I don't know how they took my calls and got anything else done, but I do know for sure that I never heard, honey, I can't talk. Honey, we're not gonna be able to talk today. And if for some reason they couldn't talk right then, you know, they called me back within an hour or two. There was never a feeling of not being significant enough or of value. How did you, Mom? How did you take that time? Do you remember? Well, I don't remember. <laughs> but I do remember when Hannah called um, the little guys, the, their siblings, they would run and gather would, around the phone. Oh, were they? Yeah, and they would listen because they wanted to hear from Hannah just as much <laughs> as I did. So the investment in your children doesn't really end Mm -mm. but everything that you can put into them in their younger years just by being available and listening put the phone down turn the tv off shut the computer shut the computer laptop down it's worth every second that you spend with your children it really is yes sometimes they need to learn okay you have to be independent now for the next 10 minutes because i have to make this telephone call I want you to go do this and this and have something set up for them. They have to learn that also. But they're going to be more important than any telephone call in the end. Because, what are they? They are God's golden nuggets to us. They are precious. They are his prize to us. So, I just remind you of this scripture. Remember, it took me this long to say it, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am because, you know, I'm ageless in the Lord. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mom. And I hope that all of our listeners, you can take away a nugget of truth. You can apply it. 
you can r- ruminate, ruminate, mom, ruminate. Basically, mull it around <laughs> over and over in your head so that it becomes something that's really part of your spirit and it's applicable. And most importantly, something you can pass on to another parent because that's when you know you've really got the concept is when you can teach it to someone else. So we're so glad you joined us. We look forward to talking with you next time on Do Moms.